0: Hi friends, welcome to Race to Rise podcast, a place where we discuss bite-sized wisdom nuggets with easy-to-follow practices to live a better life. I am your host, Mittal Patel, a parenting junkie, Ayurveda enthusiast, and an advocate of conscious living. Want to hear something funny? Of course you do, who doesn't like to laugh? It's something we regularly seek out by finding things that make us laugh or looking for ways to amuse others, right? And that's why we're on Reels and watching TikToks. Plus, what's more rewarding than laughing with your kids? And I actually wanna share this research that parents, particularly dads, tend to rely on humor to connect with their children. There's even popular term for the kinds of jokes that dad like to tell. I mean, you know, the ones that lead to loud groans or sometime lots of eye rolling. They're appropriately called dad jokes. And once actually, I even read an article by Wall Street Journal that said dad jokes help build stronger relationships between dads and their kids. So we figured why not hear from a dad who helps mom and dad find humor in parenting. So today I want to welcome Doug, who is known as old rock life dad on IG and TikTok, who shares this amazing, funny perspective of life with kids. It's hilarious. Wait till you hear him. And of course, I was so excited to hear his fun perspective and have, you know, the conversation and see where we, where his hilariousness comes out that I even forgot to record the beginning of our conversation. But we managed to record at the right time for the funniest thing I've ever heard from Dad. So enjoy our conversation with Doug, the old rock life Dad. If you could turn back the clock and talk to yourself the hour before your first child was born, what would you say?
1: Take more diapers from the hospital because you're gonna need them. I know. <laughs> no, I like- I think I would tell myself to kind of roll with the punches more. You know, I still have trouble with this and something that I'm working on, but trying to fit a square peg in a round hole with kind of what I see as the ideal situation. So it could be anything from going to the beach or making dinner or, you know, bedtime. And I have kind of Something set up in my head of okay, we're gonna go up, we're gonna brush our teeth, we're gonna get in pajamas, and we're gonna go to bed. I'll read a couple books and call it a night. Never goes like that. It's always three uh, breaking up three fights. There's toothpaste on the ceiling somehow. There's you know there's the room is a mess, and you know all the pages are missing out of the book somehow. You know there's just it's always a disaster, and you know I can get so frustrated with that, but I find that. If I'm able to just kind of accept the reality of the situation, kind of find my own my own humor in how ridiculous all of this is, right? And know that you're not alone. Know that every parent is going through this. And know that it was almost silly of you to even have a plan. Like, broaden your horizons a little bit. Go upstairs knowing that eventually bedtime is going to happen. How we get there is... Kind of up to the universe. That is rolling with the punches is something that is a constant battle, but something that I wish I knew earlier on because, you know, it, it's just never going to go the way you assume it's going to go. But I also do wish I took more diapers from the hospital because those things are expensive.
0: Those things are really <laughs> expensive. <laughs> but I know, I really love what you said, like rolling with the punches. It's so, so true because we like, you know, if you're a type A person, specifically, I'm going to talk about me. But you know, when you're a type A person, you're just so constantly into that whole realm, like, okay, and, you know, it's A, then B, then C, then D, you know, you have schedules, and you have the, the plans, and you have expectations and building up. And it's just like, it's so hard to meet those expectations. You're like, you are actually setting yourself to up to fail as a parent, when we are, you know, ahead of, you know, planning all the stuff that we know it's going to go. Because, and I also think that, you know, every child is unique, every parent is unique. And so we all have a unique journey. No matter how much we prepare ourselves, it is going to go the way it has been planned by the master, you know, planned by the universe. So I love that. It's just finding that, you know, finding that humor, the you know, the, the punches, how you call it. It's just it's important and of course accepting the as isness of the reality. I mean I remember when I when I initially of course I was not conscious at all. Twelve years ago when I'm talking about when I had my first child, it was just so difficult. And I learned that when I like how you mentioned earlier, you know, finding the silliness with their kids is what it also helps us regulate our nervous system. It also brings like, wow, like that little human being is part of my life. Like I'm just so blessed to have that. So I think I really have to say like, yeah, as isness And then I totally agree on snatching those more diapers because my older one, he wore diaper until he was five and a half. So those were damn expensive. And <laughs> it, it took a toll on my bank account.
1: <laughs> yeah, it. it- it's wild how expensive raising children is these days in general. But you know that the the kind of it is what it is mentality is is easier said than done a lot of the time. You know, I think finding and I'm lucky to have a wonderful wife who we've been together for many many years now, and and we connect on on a lot of things. You know, so we're able to sometimes not all the time but sometimes find the humor and the craziness together you know like you find that kind of find that connectivity there you find it with i try to find it with my boys when we're in a wild place and meaning like their emotions and their craziness is just taking over their brain i know that their kid brain is just being run by their uncontrollable emotions and i and i try to just face to face eye to eye all right, bud. I know you're out of control right now. I need you to help me out here though, because I'm losing my mind. Mom's angry. Your brother's upset. I need you to to help me here. And it doesn't always work, but try and try and try to make that connection. I do find that it helps. And and sometimes, you know, adding in a little joke, like, you know, goofing off with with my son and making it lighthearted sometimes helps connect.
0: You know what? I I have to agree when you say it's just Yeah, supporting partner, you know, and having that those conversations and like, okay, we're having we're all having a hard time. We're all in that in that moment. It's just like stepping back and you know, just just communicating. We actually had an incident. So every Saturday we go to a temple. So we're in the car for like hour and fifteen minutes without any devices. And you know, yeah, no devices. So my kids doesn't have they don't own any devices. And so we're we're in the car. Maximum will listen to you know like music or sometime I'll plug in something like maybe Tom and Jerry for them a little and you know we joke around we ask questions and we had a moment where it was just my little one was just losing it for some reason this 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 past Saturday I decided to drive my husband decided to sit next to me and then my mother-in-law was sitting in the back with him and he was just having his fit he was just having his time like he's screaming and my husband gets like, oh, boy well, me too, but more him that gets triggered when my little one screams. He has such a sharp tone, like the voice, and he's a very strong-willed, assertive child. He knows what he wants. And so in that moment, we were like, all like, we kind of lost it. So I said, okay, we're all having a hard time. We have to pull over. We actually just pulled over in the middle of the road. Like, we had no option. We had to, you know, I had to get off. I said, okay, I'm going to go sit in the back. And then my husband had to take over. It's just like, we had to stop we had to like, okay, we're all having a hard time. We're going to have to breathe a little and then decide, do we want to go back home or do we want to head up where we were going? And so it just, it, it works out. And I think it's that, that connection, you know, th- these, in these moments is where we also teach our kids, like, it's okay to, you know, have hard time. It's okay to, you know, to scream and it, it's okay to be upset. It's just not okay to hurt someone. And, you know, it's just, this is how we learn this is how we learn how we cope and this is how you know we make connections with each other and then you know go go about but i think in those moments too it's just so important to have like supportive partner how you said and yeah of course we don't have to get along with each other the whole time as parents and of course we're not going to have same mindset but it's that humor that connects us and we've had those moments too it's just like somebody has to laugh at how <laughs> Somebody have to, you know, clear the air. So I'm, I'm glad it's in your relationship. Is it always you?
1: That's the humorous one. Yeah. Not always, but sometimes to a fault, yes. And you know, it's interesting because that is also something that I've learned with with humor, and and it goes along with you know, square peg, round hole. In that, you know, I grew up. I'm the youngest of five, and so I grew up in in a big chaotic family and lots of love in that household, and there was a lot of joking and a lot of you know making fun of each other and you, you know, your your skin is definitely thick in being around and i and I was the youngest by about eight years it they was it was the four of them, and then eight years later the surprise of me came along so I was the youngest and, and i'm I'm watching them tease each other and then eventually I'm being teased and, and doing the teasing and So I I just I was around that kind of you know humor at all times, space, which is great to be around uh, as a kid. But there I know I've learned that there are times where humor might not be the best solution at all, you know, in any given situation. So I need to not force. So for an example, my one my oldest son, who is a lot like me personality wise, if he's mad and I try to force him out of it with humor it gets a billion times worse and he hates it and he he digs his heels in and it's really hard for me to not continue to and because i'm so it's such a childish move but i want so bad to be like oh come on you know it's up or whatever and it's just it doesn't work and i'm I'm, you know banging my head against the wall because he's not going to give and so i've learned to kind of if I do try to use humor, I kind of massage it into the into the situation, not be so abrupt with it, not try to force, you know, everybody has to be happy right now because sometimes you don't want to be happy, right? So you know, I, I think it's it's kind of understanding that dynamic, too. Rolling with the punches, not everybody's going to be happy when you're happy. but if you, I truly do believe, though, if I'm able to stay positive in my actions and stay, kind of lighthearted in my approach to whatever the drama is, if I'm able to do that, which isn't all the time, but if I'm able to do that, it makes it easier for everybody else to follow that lead.
0: Right. I I love that. It's just, it's about, you know, of course, it's not about it. It doesn't work out all the time. And it's, it's the art, I guess, right? Bringing the playfulness in, in parenting is an art. It's not it's not always gonna go around how we said earlier. It's not gonna always go around like how we plan, but sometimes it just just has to flow through. And I guess it's also about like learning about our child's, you know, style of coping up, and learning about how does you know how can we rekindle after you know after a moment, or how can we repair after you know losing it, or or whatever the ha- you know the case was. So I'm, I'm glad that you're, uh, you're sharing that. But I really, really am curious to know, because I have always seen you, you know, as a very involved dad, and, and I truly believe that, you know, when uh, I actually did learn and I read a study that when father is involved, you know, in, in parenting, the kids are, they have like the whole statistical study done that they're emotionally intelligent. And, you know, they have more, they learn more, you know, regulation skills and they learn more coping mechanism and they kind of, you know, like know how to go about, how to navigate through the life. Because, you know, of course, a lot of studies have been done with moms, but it's hard to find studies done with dad, dad role. And so it was interesting to know. But I'm really curious to know that as a dad, what keeps you up at night?
1: Oh, my wife would argue that literally nothing can keep me up at night; that I fall asleep <laughs> at the drop of a hat, and and that's actually very true. No, but I, I definitely worry about. I worry about them going out into the world. You know, like being—they're already—they're six and nine now, and and they're already starting to get very independent. And you know, they're both in full time school, and I only know so much that goes on behind those walls. You know what I mean? And thankfully, it's it's kindergarten and, and fourth grade. So it's, it's pretty tame these days, but I know that middle school and high school and college are right down the road. And that's terrifying, you know? And I, as I said, I have older brothers and I have 14 nieces and nephews in just my side of the family. So, and a lot of them are in high school. And a lot of them are, are thinking about college in the next few years. And I hear about the drama that goes on in those, and those, you know, they're adults, right? They're, when they're into to 16, 17, 18, 19, they're, they're full blown adults and they're they're going to have to navigate this world which i know from experience is tricky and so i i do fear about i think about that a lot i think about you know am i preparing them for that world and i try to i try to give them as many tools as i can from what i know in my experience this pandemic is obviously it's been Terrible for for many reasons, but I am so grateful for the time that I've been home with them because you know prior to this I was I was leaving I, I work in Manhattan I live in Connecticut so I had an hour I have an hour and twenty minute commute one way and so you know I'm out the door at seven in the morning and not home until seven at night and would sit them for maybe you know two hours a day if that during the week. And for the last two years, i've been I've been seeing a lot of them. So it's been great. It's been really great to kind of flex those dad muscles in terms of being able to learn more about parenting, learn more about my sons, learn more about how do we interact and how because they're so different. They're like polar opposites of each other in terms of personality. And so how I deal with my older son is so different than how I need to deal with my younger son. and and I, I've learned a lot about myself. I've learned a lot about them. And so it's, you know, you talk about kind of emotional intelligence. I don't know how intelligent I'm making them emotionally, but I do. I, I like to think that I am at least giving them a good, a good role model to, to look up to and, you know, and just trying to be my best self and give them something to, to want to strive for as they get older.
0: I, oh my gosh, I could see, I could hear actually a lot of things that, you know, I kind of also have had feelings about specifically like, so my older one is in middle school right now. And I actually went through an anxiety attack (laughs) when he was starting school because he was anxious and he's like, I'm not ready for the middle school yet. And we're all feeling the same. And the fear is real. Like, we don't know. We don't know, you know what goes in school. We don't know the, the, the people that you know, they're surrounded with, the peers they're surrounded with. We don't know the energy that they're, you know, they are attracting. And it's just, it's hard. And it's hard to know that we're not gonna be with our kids all the time. And when they're young, it's just like so nice to have them you know, just, of course, you know, at home and whatnot. But when they get to that certain age, we have less and less time with them. And specifically when you're a working parent, it's just so difficult to have that, you know, the, the time and the connection. And This is the only time when we have with them. So I think I could resonate a lot with that, that that has been a real fear for me as well. And so, yeah, that was so such a relatable, like here too, I have to say hashtag relatable with you. <laughs> yeah, like I get, I get all this relatable you know, moments with you on, on Instagram but here too, like you just you just nail that one as well. But yes you're so right. You know, it's about modeling. It's about, you know, what are we what are we doing with the time that the, as little time as we have with them? How are we, you know, helping them or supporting them right now so that we're getting them, you know, ready to to be in the world because like we're not gonna be there with them, but we can at least, you know, teach them the skills. And we can practice with them right now, as you know they are going through that stages too. So I think I really, really love that. But yeah, it's hard.
1: It is hard. It's you know, and I was talking to somebody who's in education the other day, and, and she was saying that middle school literally is is not literally, but it, it is one of the hardest parts of schooling for kids because you're going through everything, right? You're going through not only a transition. You've you know, a lot of a lot of middle schools are. Separate from the elementary and, and the high school. So you have a brand new school for three years. You're meeting new kids for the first time in, you know, six, seven, eight, nine years, however long you've been in school for. You're going through physical changes. You're going through emotional changes. And all of that is just slamming you at once. And after she said that, I'm like, you're right. I'm like, how did I make it through middle school? And, I, you know, I think about, I think about my years in middle school, and it—I it, it, have so many, you know, good and bad memories of it. But it was—it's, you know, you're—you're you're awkward, right? You like you're kind of growing, like you got one leg longer than the other, and you yeah. <laughs> like you have little patches of, you know, facial hair, and your voice is squeaky, and and it just—it's—and then you're also trying to, you know, maybe kiss your first girl, like. It's all happening at once and, and you don't even know what what's going on. You're just rolling with the punches. But so, yeah, it's that does scare me a little bit, but hopefully they'll be in, in a good place by then.
0: Oh, for sure. And of course, they have, you know, rock dad like you. So no. <laughs> and I, I really have to say that, that, you know, when like I do have these conversations with moms And but when it's like, you know, having these kind of conversations coming from dad, it's just like, society is not used to hearing that from dad's perspective. And so I'm so I really have to say I have to take a second and say, thank you for, you know, sharing you and your you know, the, the dad role that you play and the energy that you bring in, because it's just of course, in our society has conditioned that, you know, just because you're a boy, or you're, you know, men, be a man. And there's like a whole stigma around that. And especially, you know, being being a boy's mom, and you know, boy's dad, it's just like, it is, we have such a huge responsibility to make sure that we're not conditioning our kids the same way how society tells us like, oh, okay, you know, you're a man, so you can't feel or you know, you can't cry, or you can't do this. It's just like, so much of a stigma around. So I'm glad that you're sharing. And I'm, you know, it's just like you're modeling that for you, for your kids. My husband's doing the same. And I'm just so proud of him for doing it. In fact, like, he's been started calling that I'm a stay-at-home dad. And I'm very proud of myself. And not, you know, it's not, you don't get to hear that a lot. And, you know, it's just like I'm super proud of him as dad.
1: Yeah, it, it is look, I think it's it's well known that parenting, stay at home parenting is an extremely difficult job. It's talked about a lot, but until you actually do it, which I can't even say I fully did it because I was still working, and so I still was, you know escaping up to the office and having to focus on on my full- time job. But I was definitely around a lot more in the last few years. and I definitely, you know, in, in between, especially during the summer when the kids aren't in school, I'd be in between emails or, or work calls or whatever, and I'd be with them, you know, the in and out of, you know, meal time, play time, getting them to do something that's physically and or mentally stimulating the picking up, the dropping off of school or of sports or of camp it is exhausting and when you when you actually live it you you can appreciate that and so saying that you are a stay-at-home mom or dad is truly something that should be applauded versus looked down on because it's it's the hardest i've ever worked you know and that's it's you know i can i can do emails and phone calls and you know my work presentations with my eyes closed these days but You know, you have to be there as a parent with kids that are young, especially, or that's my experience, at least so far, you have to be present and not, they smell blood in the water and they make sure that it's chaotic for everybody. And that makes it worse.
0: Right. Because they're going through that, that exploration and the curiosity stage. And so, of course, that's their job to do it. And it's just like, you know, yeah, we can't.
1: Yeah, I've done so much. Research and just reading. I like Whole Brain Whole Brain Child is the name of the book. One of my favorites. Hunt, Gather, Parent is another book that I love. But just just reading on different parenting, just tactics and understanding kind of the the makeup of a child's mind and that they're not fully developed until they're even twenty. So you wouldn't expect a chimpanzee to be able to do you know multiplication so you can't expect your young child to be able to understand complex emotional situations and so it's just learning about that has been it's actually been a lot of fun for me and it and it's kind of like a big puzzle right like trying to understand okay here's the situation that you're in it's super frustrating and and annoying to deal with but I can either resist and do it my old-fashioned way and get nowhere, or I can try to implement some of these things that I've read about. So, you know, that's, that's, that's been a lot of fun and, and just an interesting journey for me.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, I was actually telling one of my friends that, you know, I think I just, because she asked me, like, oh, because she's not, she's not a mom yet. And so she was asking, like, how do you like being a parent? I was like, you know what? I think we're in such a, like, an information era, that it's so helpful to be a friend because you have a problem. There's a book to grab. You know, learn from somebody else's mistake. Learn from somebody else's perspective. You know, try to. Of course, you know you don't have to do everything what other people are saying because it might not work for me. But at the same time, you know, just giving it a thought and trying it in a different way, what you have not been, you know, are not used to, or you know, just doing it not traditional way is totally different. And I think it's it's also helping our brain, even though we have a developed brain by now, but it's just like, you know, it's not conditioned, you know, it's, our brain is really conditioned. And so trying different tech, you know, different strategies can actually really help. And if that helps our children feel more, and you know, meeting their needs of being seen, being heard, being valued, you know, being understood, why not? And so I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up to books, because they are great resources, and I'm grateful that I'm living in that time where we have so many resources where my parents didn't, or, you know, our parents just didn't have that privilege to have those resources at tip of their fingers. So I'm glad I'm a mom in 2022.
1: <laughs> yeah, they have a lot, a lot of information.
0: Yeah. Tell me, tell me something that you think is true that almost nobody agrees with you specifically about
1: parenting. Something that's true that nobody agrees with me. You know, that's that's tricky because I, I really do, you you kind of meant, touched on this earlier, that every parent is different, right? And every kid is different. And every parent-child relationship is different. So the way that I parent is very different than the way my wife does. And that's in the same household with the same two kids. So, you know, I, I don't think there's, I don't think there's, an exact science and right way to do things. I think there's, you know, and I'm I'm kind of dodging your question a little bit because I don't know that there is necessarily a you could read all the books you want, right? And I love reading books and I love having the information, but you have to take it all with a grain of salt because it's not all going to apply necessarily to your relationship with your child. So I don't think, you know, I don't think there's there's a lot of talking heads out there that say that they know what's best for a kid. And you know, you shouldn't do that because kids need kids need to toughen up or kids need to understand blah, blah, blah blah, whatever. And I truly feel like it totally depends on your personality and your connection with your kid. And I think the great journey is to continue to to develop that and understand that as as you grow together and to have fun while doing it and try to. You know, like I said, my, my oldest son and I, we bond on a lot of silliness. We bond on a lot of jokes. We were watching a great movie. We were watching Bolt the other day, a Disney movie about the superhero dog. And he, my son has an adult sense of humor and, and meaning like he gets the jokes that aren't necessarily meant for the kids and I'll start laughing and he gets it and he knows why it's funny. And we actually talk about the development of the joke. like, or why was that funny? because because this is what he meant to say, and this is how it came out, or whatever it is. And so that's funny. And so, like, I love connecting with him on that. my my younger son is his imagination is insane. his imagination in, in a good way. His imagination is he can have two action figures. And he can be by himself for an hour and he could be battling these two action figures. And he has an entire imaginary world set up around him. And that was me as a kid. I I played, I I was like I said, I was the youngest five, but I was they were eight years older than me. So they were in, you know, middle school and high school and college while I was still a kid. And so I had a lot of time where I was in the basement playing with my action figures by myself. And I love that. And so I can bond with him on that. And so I think, you know, I don't think there's any absolutes in parenting, maybe outside of you no know, physical abuse or anything super dramatic like that. But, you know, I don't think there's any like hard rules, right? Because it really does depend on the relationship and on, on the people involved, you know. So, so I'm, I'm enjoying continuing to learn and staying curious about that.
0: Yeah. I, I really love that, you know. I love how you, how you answer the question though. I I have to, like, there is no right way. You know, it's because again, what works for me might not work for you and your family and what works for you and your family might not work for me. So same thing I have with both of my kids. So my older one is more like, you know, he's on the commerce side. He's on a different, he's more of like, you know, having conversation kind of a person when my little one is the imagination. So he likes just you know, two cars. He's he's into cars, so like he'll just have two cars, and he'll make traffic jam. This and he'll talk to himself like you know. It's just they have totally two different way of you know playing, connecting. So you know, and and yeah, I also connect with the way that you said. Me and my husband, we both have a different way of parenting, and again, same household, right? So it's just we're learning from each other by staying curious and you know how can we explore this and how can we make it as our journey. And so yeah, I also agree that there is no right way or wrong way, of course, including, you know, that excluding the physical abuse, that's just, that's just not part of the any rightness. (laughs) But yeah, like, you know, there are so many ways of connecting, as long as we keep the connection and respect the core of, you know, working with our kids and developing the relationship. I think everything is right, what works for us
1: yeah and and I think that's so important for them to to know how to navigate relationships, right? and, and to be able to because while I'm trying everything I can to connect with them, they're learning too, right? they're They might not know that they're learning and they might not necessarily be actively trying to learn like I am, but they are learning. they're they're understanding I said it before that I Sometimes try to force humor a little too much, and I've had to learn when to pare that back a little bit. And my oldest son has definitely tried to force humor in inappropriate time, and I've been like, "What are you doing? Why would you do?" Oh, wait a minute, (laughs) wait, you got that for me to do? Ah, great. Okay, never mind. Uh, Let's talk about this later. You know, so it's he's learning just as much as I am about, okay, well, we gotta, this is appropriate. This is when it's to be, when we can be silly about this. This is when everybody's a little tense and serious and let's be serious, you know? So it's, I think it's important though for any future relationships they have as well.
0: Yeah, I'd love that. It's just learning to, you know, the set the boundaries or when to withdraw ourselves. And like you said, they might not realize that they are learning, but subconsciously, they're wiring themselves right now by, you know, learning from us and, you know, taking that from the environment. And I truly believe that when the, when the right time comes, they will recall these, you know, the learnings and the teachings they get. And they're like, oh yeah, because I remember, you know, as you know, a young girl, I learned a lot of things, which I didn't think that I was learning back then. And now I can recall like, oh, this is why this is useful. You know, and so it's just like, then subconscious mind will just roll on and it'll bring back the memory. And there are times now too, like when I, when we're going through something, I will be telling the stories from the back. Or I'll ask my husband like, oh, how did that happen when you were in middle school? We actually did go through the whole phase where, because my husband went to the same middle school as my son is going. And so he was going, he was really anxious right before the school. So I asked my husband to tell the, his middle school stories. And of course he didn't have any any positive ones to share, because he was bullied as a kid a lot. But he at least managed to like, okay, you know, these are the classroom, or this is how it's just fun to go from one classroom. So it's, we recall that. And you know, we can share that as stories. And so maybe they'll be able to do the same. They'll be able to say the stories.
1: I remember when I was in high school, and my dad used to pick me up. And my dad worked his butt off my whole life. Ran his own business and he was home. I mean, he was out of the house at 4 30 in the morning. And, and especially in the wintertime, his busy season, he was not home until very late. And thankfully, though, when I got into high school, he started to be able to, the business had become a little bit more steady and he was able to spend a little bit more time at home. And so he was picking me up from basketball. Practice every every night, and I remember those drives home because we lived about twenty minutes from school, and it was always pitch black because practice would be over at you know seven thirty at night, and we would just drive home. And I have like endless memories of little nuggets of information that he gave me in those twenty minute drives that that stick with me today, and I didn't even think were were big deals like hey, you know, bud, life is all about who you surround yourself with is something he always told me, like pick your friends wisely because, and there were specific examples at the time of somebody who got in trouble because they were with the wrong crowd. You know, hey, bud, how was practice today? Good. He was like, the real question is how long are you going to be on the team? And I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, we got your report card and you're failing math or whatever. And I'm like, the sinking feeling sticks with me today. I'm like, I'm like, "Oh crap, I got to bring up my grades cuz I'm he's going to take away basketball if I don't." And my dad has always been a very stoic, you know, man of a very few words, but when he speaks, it's like listening to Robert De Niro like he li- everybody listens and and you know that he means business. And but I have I have so many memories like that. So, you know, it, it truly is, you know, in my experience as a kid, it is so true that you that those lessons, they stick. And it's just a matter of kind of staying consistent with them.
0: And it's also a matter of like, okay, you never know when we need it. So, you know, what, what we do with our kids right now, the connection and the respect that we show, you know, how we apologize to them after making mistakes, these are the things that's going to stick with them. And these are the things that they'll realize, okay, how important these are. You know, it'll come out when they really need it. But I really love the, you know, the how you, Thank you for sharing those stories, uh, you know, with your dad, how very special. And, you know, again, they do stick with us. If I were to ask, like, like you know, for a new dad, like, if, you know, what, what is the one piece of advice you would give to a new dad?
1: To a new dad, I think the most important thing for me has been taking care of myself so that I can be the best possible Dad, husband, friend. And I haven't always been that way. And and I'm still very much a work in progress. But I, I went through definitely you were talking about, you know, some of the anxiety that that you've gone through and, and your husband. And you know, that I definitely hit that midlife rut, my late thirties. And you know, had been at the same job for a while and was just making unhealthy decisions you know drinking too much and eating gross food and I was heavier than I've ever been and you know it was my both of my boys were were very young still thankfully and I say thankfully because I was able to dig myself out of that and and I was able to kind of really just the light went off in my head and I was able to kind of turn things around and I'm so grateful for that because you know i'm now able to present not only present to them what i feel like a man should be in this world but i'm also able to be sharp enough be you know present enough be physically fit enough to really be a dad for them and be you know the best type of dad that i can possibly be and again you know there's plenty of mistakes still being made and plenty of things i need to work on but But it really has been—it's been a game changer. Being able to just stay on a routine, you know, all the things you, all the things that you read about, and kind of I see the think like a monk in your background there, you know, a lot of things that Jay Shea talks about in terms of you know meditating and you know just staying motivated, finding something that that drives you, and you know that that has all really rung true in my life and has has made me a much better father for it. And so, you know, I'm I'm grateful for that. And so I you know, I would tell any dad now that, you know, it's a lot of fun to be without kids because you can kind of live that wildlife, you can that independence is is great. But now it's now you're in the big leagues and you're not able to be your best dad. If you're not your best self. And so, you know, hit your ducks in a row from a mental and physical standpoint, and everything else kind of falls into place. And if it doesn't, then, you know, you, you're able to figure it out at least.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I really love that because I am like a big advocate of as well that, you know, it's just taking care of ourselves. It should be the first priority because if I am not, you know, well or if I am not, you know, able to be present or you know in the calm moment how am I gonna help my kids or how am I gonna nurture them because we can only give them what we have and so if we are you know going through unhealthy habits or if we're going through you know any kind of the resentfulness or you know whatever that is we're passing the same thing on because that's what we have and so I think when I I totally agree. And I learned that from Jay, too. (laughs) He's my coach, my mentor. And there was a time in 2018, I thought that I needed to change my husband. And I thought I needed to change my son. And he was the one who, like, I learned from him that I don't need to change nobody. I need to change myself. I need, it's, it's about me. So, like how, you know, we have this famous analogy that goes on in the internet. Put your oxygen mask first.
1: Mm, I think about that all the time.
0: Yeah, like you know, if I don't have that, yeah, I cannot survive. And if I can't survive, I'm not gonna be able to put anybody else's oxygen mask.
1: Full disclosure. Full disclosure. Yeah. I think about that mainly with food. Should I eat when I'm really hungry? Is it better for me to eat than feed my kids? Because <laughs> then I'm then I'm not as angry. Or should I feed them? For I I always go back and forth with that. I usually do this, but
0: we connect on a lot of level because that's me too if I'm hungry forget it I am hangry and so I and we have a ritual in our house that when I come I come home at 5 30 so first thing is as soon as I come home it's just like you know of course change wash up whatnot and then the first thing is I get 20 second hug you know from both of my kids and it's just like so that that can okay I can decry you know depress from the work And then the first thing is we all sit and eat dinner because nobody talks to me before I eat dinner. (laughs) That's just one of our thing. It has been a ritual now for like a good two and a half years that 5.30 I come home. And I am super, super fortunate and I have privilege that my mother-in-law cooks. And so when I come home, the food is ready. So I'm blessed that way. So I prepare the, you know, the menus and all everything ready. So she has, she just, you know, she gets the food ready. The so 5.30, we're on the dinner table, we eat, and then we do our conversation because nobody talks to me if I'm hungry.
1: Yeah, but that goes along with, you know, taking care of yourself so you can be your best self, right?
0: Yeah, I, you know, I totally agree. Okay, Doug, I really have to say that I really, really enjoyed having the conversation with you. You have been such a relatable dad. You know, we, like I said, we connect on many levels. I didn't even know this much commonality we have. I really appreciate you for, you know, taking the time out just, you know, to speaking with us and sharing like beautiful nuggets and sharing the middle school beat about your middle, middle school stories or the silly jokes and how we can push and withdraw. This has been an amazing conversation with you. Thank you. And, you know, we would love to know where can people go to find out more about you and, you know, your work and your projects.
1: Yeah. uh, Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This honestly is has been a lot of fun. It's my first podcast, so this is very (laughs) this is very cool, and it's just continuing the journey of trying new things and and trying to expand my horizons. But yeah, you know, you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok. I just started putting some stuff on YouTube Shorts as well. But you know, just trying to get some silly videos out there to make people smile. Try to help moms and dads find humor and parenting and you know take you along the journey of my life with my two boys and one of them just came in he's over here staring at me <laughs> but yeah very so quiet he was very <laughs> quiet he knows he knows that dad's working right yeah so instagram tiktok and you know we'll see what the yeah we'll be for. we'll
0: be sharing your handle in show notes but it's at old rock life and you'll yeah that i i love that handle i don't know what you have connection with that but that's pretty cool handle
1: thank you very much. to
0: find you yeah so you know thank you so much again and um everyone go find old rock life on tiktok and youtube youtube is the same name too on instagram tiktok yeah it's
1: it's old rock life on all three
0: and so yeah go find yourself some you know get some distress out and have some laughs i i totally know that i do that (laughs) i have few accounts that i just feel like gives me perspective and yours is one of those that you know it's doesn't matter how hard life is it's sometimes it's all about perspective and sometimes it's about how we look at things like how dr wayne dyer said you know how we look at things The things that you look at change And so I appreciate your humor. I appreciate the silliness you are bringing. But thank you again. And we'll see you around.
1: Mital, thank you so much.
0: That's it for this week's episode of Race to Rise. Be sure to sign up to our email list at risewithmetal.com, And join us again next time for more wisdom about life, kids, and everything in between. I am Mital Patel wishing you happy raising and rising.